pets and pet bands have been all the talk in Strataland this week. And are beehives on buildings not really the bee's knees? I'm Jimmy Thompson. I edit the Flat Chat website and write the Flat Chat column every week in the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, journalist and property writer. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So, Sue, there's a big row going on about pets and pet bans, and and you've written a story about this for the Sydney Morning Herald. What's happening? That's right. There's a building in King's Cross, a huge building called the Alarm. I think it's got about... um, 240? Apartments, yep. And they've always historically had um, a pet ban there, but a few people have been trying to challenge that over the years. And the, the vote against the pet ban has been getting bigger and bigger every time it's held. But this time, the people who would like to keep pets in the building tried a different method and actually went to NCAT, and they won the case. Um, NCAT ruled that a blanket ban on pets was just not... It's unconscionable un- and, yep. and unfair and unreasonable and, that's and right. all of those unthings. Yes, that's right. And so they overturned the pet ban. They did, and so it was much jubilation for a whole day until... <laughs> until the um, Strata Committee decided that they would try to appeal the pet ban. They would go back to NCAT and say it was unreasonable of NCAT to say that pets should be allowed in their building. Well, that's pretty inevitable when, you know, that bylaw has been there for 20 years or more. But it's one of these things where you're getting a lot of passion on both sides of the debate. And uh, I think the lawyers are going to make a fair old killing on this. Mm, Absolutely. And it's interesting because... You've got maybe a third of people in the building voting to allow pets and maybe a third voting against pets and the other third not kind of voting at all. They don't really care either way. So that's the problem. I think both sides have to really try and persuade that one third who are uncommitted voters to to come on their side to stop the appeal, well, to to win the appeal. Yeah, look, apparently the committee issued a memo to owners warning them that their pets could be euthanized. That's right. If the appeal wins, they say, if people go ahead and buy pets, then they're either going to have to get rid of their pets or put their pets down or sell out of the building or just leave the building and, and tenant the apartments. It's pretty heavy-handed, isn't it? It's a bit... It is a bit, really. But I can see what they're trying to do. I mean, the thing is that, okay, they've put in an appeal and that will be heard in due course. And they've also put in a, an application for a stay of the, the finding so that it doesn't come into effect until the appeal has been heard. But there's a gap. At the moment, there's no bylaw. That's right. Place. So could people actually go out and buy a dog and then argue that they're allowed that dog? Well, they could. They could argue it. Um, and I think you'd, you'd have to think, would you want to risk the next six months to a year of your life arguing about whether you were allowed to buy a, a pet in that time? Or... Sorry, a cat has just walked in front of the microphone. The cats are having their own protest march here. You could get a pet, you could adopt a pet from an animal rescue centre, which is what they're telling us we should do these days anyway. But then do you want to spend six months being taken to the tribunal and arguing that when I got this animal, there was no bylaw? And I Mm. I think that would have some validity, by Mm. the way, that argument. But it all gets very passionate and you know and and then it's very soon stops being a question of right and wrong and becomes 
can I win or am I going to lose? Mm. And it, it's very hard because it affects people's lives so directly. I, when I did the story for the Herald, I talked to one person in the Ilan who has a very elderly dog who's very sick, has got advanced renal failure, and she expected her dog to, to die <clears throat> before it had. Um, she rent, she bought an apartment in the Ilan but didn't move in because of her dog, so she lived somewhere else that was pet-friendly for six months. And then when her lease was finished, her dog was still alive. Right. Um, and the tenant had left her apartment in the alarm, so she kind of had she kind of moved back into the alarm with her pet, with her dog. And she assumed that he would maybe only last a couple more weeks, but in fact he's still going strong. And it, it's really hard because I think the committee has said to her, we don't believe your dog is sick, and she's you know given them all the vets' reports and things, right. so the dog is plainly on its last legs. But, you know, for her, it's a, an extremely personal issue. You know, she loves her dog. The dog is part of the family. And to have other people tell you whether you can or can't keep an animal, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard. So yeah, you've got you've got lawyers on the one hand, on both sides now, I guess. Mm. Um, but this was all because somebody went to the tribunal and said, I want to have a dog and this bylaw is unreasonable. That's Did right. that person actually have a dog? No, they didn't have a dog. They want to buy a dog at some point in the future. They've retired and they think it will be great for them. They've got health issues, so they'd like love to go out walking with a dog. They just love the companionship. So they did the right thing. Um, they've waited. They haven't got a dog yet. Yeah. Um, so they took um, the, the building to NCAT saying, you know, they should allow us to have animals. Right. The other argument in this is that you have to have buildings where people who don't want to live under the same roof as pets can live. But the decision from NCAT seemed to be you cannot have a bylaw that just says no pets under any circumstances. Mm, that's right. So is there a middle ground? Do you think the Alain is going to win their appeal? It's very hard to know, isn't it? Um, you kind of think, well, there there would be room for some buildings to, to not allow pets, but they'd be kind of smaller boutique buildings, one would imagine. Right, so um, when you've got something over a certain size. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say to all those people you can't have a pet. It would be much easier to, to have smaller buildings and say these buildings are not pet friendly. Right. So these are the buildings for people with allergens or with religious or ethical views about not keeping pets. Mm. Because as well, the big buildings have the means to control pets much more easily. You know, those big buildings have building managers, they have concierge services, they have all those people around who can, if a, a pet barks, they can actually go to see the owner and say, you know, your... Your pet's causing a nuisance. Yeah, that's right. And you kind of have to control your pet and we will keep a, a, an ear on <laughs> if your pet kind of behaves itself. Whereas some of those small buildings, they they don't have that kind of, con that level of control. So those buildings, it would be fine to say to them... You can't have a pet in some of these smaller buildings. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. It exists in the law that uh, even if a, a pet, a dog, usually has been given permission from the building, that there are ways that the dog can be removed from the building if it proves to be a nuisance. Sure, and I think a lot of people who say they don't want pets in their building, they often don't really realise that. They kind of say, if you allow pets, there'll be pets running rampant yeah. all through the common areas. There'll be lots of barking pets. There'll be cats peeing everywhere in the gardens. 
where in fact you've got much more control in an apartment over cats and dogs and than you would have living in a street. My parents used to live opposite people in a house um, who had a couple of big dogs who barked constantly. Yeah. And there was nothing they could do about it. Whereas in an apartment building, if you do have a dog that barks, lots can be done. So the answer is make it a size of building thing so that any buildings under 50 units can have a no pets bylaw. If the majority votes for it or yeah. 75% vote for it, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think that would that would work. And meanwhile, uh, what's possibly going to happen at the Elan? I've got a feeling the appeals tribunal is going to say, yes, you can have a no pets bylaw, but not that one. The one you've got is it's too draconian. Is too draconian. It's it's invalid for a variety of reasons. So uh, yeah, go ahead and have your your no pets bylaw. But then, if thirty percent of people in the building want pets, then that bylaw would never get passed, would it? Mm, that's right. Because often people don't all turn up, obviously, as we know, to an AGM. Yeah. So you're only getting a small percentage of the of the population of a building voting anyway. That's right. Well, that brings us to our next topic, and we'll talk about that and voting and what percentages of votes actually mean after this. So, Sue, we're talking about voting percentages, and yeah, this has come up in relation to the pet thing in another building. That's right. There's another building not very far away (laughs) in Darlinghurst called the Horizon, 43-storey building. I think most people would know Horizon. It's a very prestigious building, the Harry Seidler one. Yeah. That has always had... Sticks up like a very beautifully designed thumb. (laughs) Um, that building has always been pet-free as well. Well, it's always had anti-pet bylaws. Yes. There's often been a number of pets in the building. And we know kind of quite a famous case where oh. some people had a cat and um, which they smuggled into the building. But because pets weren't actually allowed, when they emptied their cat litter, they emptied it down the toilet so right. they wouldn't be discovered. So they wouldn't be found putting cat litter down in the bin. That's right. Area. Oh. And um, and it kind of clogged up the whole of the, the pipes of the horizon. I think it led to two whole floors being flooded. With raw sewage. Yes, absolutely. And so every time somebody on the other upper floors flushed the toilet, oh. the, the level went up a bit. Oh, and I think they had to go and put people into um, hotels while they actually repa- repaired yeah. everything. Yeah. And it was interesting because I think the pro-pet lobby said, look, this is what happens when you have an anti-pet bylaw. People will disregard it anyway and it will lead to these kind of emergencies. Whereas the anti-pet lobby said, look what happens when you allow pets in the building. Yeah, but you were talking to somebody from there, I believe, and they said that 90% of their owners voted against allowing pets. That's right. Um, but we had a bit of a drill down into those figures, didn't we? <laughs> yes, that's right. And uh, the 90% was only 90% of, I think, 40% of people who voted at the meeting. Right. So then the numbers look a little bit... So then it's 36%. Yeah, so the numbers don't really quite stack up. When when he said there were 90% of people voting for keeping the anti-pet bylaws, I was amazed. 90% vote in an apartment building is incredibly high. Yeah, absolutely. But then we discovered that it was only 40% of um, people. Of owners, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which, so 90% of 40% who turn up for a meeting turn out to be 36%. Mm. And, 
Yeah, and it all gets a bit loose then, doesn't yeah, it? You realise that there's not these massive majorities. I mean, just for anybody who's not familiar uh, with strata law uh, in New South Wales, to pass a bylaw, you need to have effectively 75% of people voting at a meeting uh, have to be in favour. But that could be 12 people at the meeting That's right. and only nine of them are in favour. So nine people in a building of 200 people could pass a bylaw theoretically. Yeah. Although usually, you know, when something's contentious like that, people are alerted to it and turn up. But we have compulsory voting in Australia for our elections. I kind of think it would be good if that was extended to apartment buildings, really. Yeah, even if it's just electronically, you know, because now you're allowed to send out a voting sheet and people can vote, you know, mm. effectively online or on paper. And, uh, you know, although you're all, you'll always get the donkey vote of everybody just voting yes. Yeah, but, I mean, people can spoil their votes if they want to. You know, that's a democratic right as well. Hmm. But um, it's kind of hard, I think, when you've got a real passion issue, like pets in buildings, and some people just don't find it a passion issue. It's, it's kind of hard because then they override the people who do. But the other thing about these statistics that everyone loves to bandy around, there's a distortion built into a process, and I'm not talking about the horizon here specifically, but if you look at a case where somebody says, oh, 90% of the 40% of people who bothered to turn up and vote were in favour, that could be after a long battle where the people on the other side have just gone, look, we're never going to win. Mm. We're never going to get the 75% vote to make something happen or the 25% vote required to stop something from happening. So they just don't bother to turn up. And then you get the 90% overwhelming uh, apparent majority, which turns out to be just over, really, one-third of the people in the in the building. Mm. It's very hard, isn't it? Because do humans have an inalienable right to have a companion animal? Or do people have an inalienable right to live in a building without them? I don't think humans have inalienable rights to anything when it comes <laughs> down to it. But, you know, that was one of the findings in the, the Ilan case. The, the member of the tribunal said it was a fundamental right of residence to be able to have a companion animal if you wanted mm. one. Yeah. And that's what they're disputing. They're, one of the, level, the areas of dispute is that that's not established as a right anywhere in common law or residential law or anything like that. Mm. So, you know, these things about rights and, and whatnot, well, you, they get tested in court, but, you know, it's the tribunal, the NCAT tribunal is the lowest court in the land. You know, it doesn't set precedents. So That's this right. this finding that came out last month for Ilan will not set any precedent for any other building. The, but then the appeal The appeal might, will. Because the appeal goes to a review panel of NCAT and then it can go to the Supreme Court and then it sets the precedent, doesn't it? Well, that, if the Supreme Court, it would set a precedent for other courts. But the appeal decision at NCAT would set a precedent for the lower hearing levels oh, okay. of NCAT. Mm. So it starts to build up in its importance as it progresses through the, through the system. Mm. So at least then that might kind of clear up the the issue for lots of other buildings because I think lots of other buildings are kind of in a state of confusion a similar confusion maybe you know divided between pet lovers and pet people who don't want pets so yeah maybe this would be the clear the way forward for people 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there have there have to be buildings around where you can say, or maybe it has to be when the building is first built that the developers say, look, this is going to be a no pet building, just like they'd say it's going to be no Airbnb mm. building in yeah. in Victoria, especially. Well, it's interesting because these days, nearly all the new buildings which are being built, when the developer puts forward the bylaws, they're always pet-friendly because they realise that they'll get a much better um, price for their apartments when it's pet-friendly because there's so many people in lots of different areas of Sydney and Melbourne um, who do keep animals and want to keep animals. Mm. Whereas 20 years ago, when buildings like the Elan and the Horizon were coming on online pets weren't such a big deal no. people weren't really thinking about pets so much in apartments apartment right. living was still kind of a little bit of a novel concept in some ways yes yeah and now you've got you see a developments elsewhere where they have pet parks attached to the the building where you can go down and your pet presumably a dog cats not so much can mix <laughs> with other pets and and uh, you mm. know and it becomes and it, what it's really about is the owners mixing and socializing and that's what we see all the time is people who don't have pets who don't have dogs talking to the people who do as they meet them because their pets are almost invariably cute yeah and it's the influence as well of, of europe and america where you know pets are very much treated as part of a family yeah. when i saw the other day i hadn't realized this but you know cunard the the cruise line yes they actually allow pets on the cruise line wow yeah so you can take your pet on a cruise (laughs) wow yeah and they have um kennels there you know for if pets get sick they have a vet there it's quite incredible really what yeah Yeah. so i mean we're talking about pet friendly holidays yeah um you know that's the ultimate i think for a pampered pooch going on a round the world trip yes i once did a um I wrote a, a, a promotional video for pet holidays in New South Wales. And the day before it was launched, the then tourism minister was caught taking his pants down and dancing around at a party. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so, so it was never launched. <laughs> it's a nice little video. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, after this, we're going to talk about bees and other things um, and some of the stuff that's come up on the Flat Chat Forum. That's after this. And we're back. So, Sue, tell me about the the bees and the beehives. Well, a lot of apartment buildings now have um, common gardens on the rooftops. Yep. And they have vegetable gardens. They they have herb gardens. You know, people can get together and grow stuff, um, which kind of mirrors, you know, suburbs of cities where you know people have communal community gardens really there are a couple of buildings that now have chickens on the roof with with chickens chickens yep so laying eggs for people wow and uh, a couple are talking about having beehives on the roof as well right now i'm immediately jumping ahead to the natural status of some people in apartments which is to complain are people <laughs> worried that they're going to get stung by the bees um, I guess they could be, but there are lots of varieties of bees now which don't actually sting. Really? So maybe maybe they'll be thinking about do they make non-stinging honey? bees. The yes, they do. All right. Yes, they do. Ah. So, um, you know, obviously that's a kind of a nice sweetener for the deal. Right. <laughs> People being able to divide the honey 
Now, something that's just occurred to me is there's the new laws in Canberra. I wonder if people will be able to grow marijuana on the roof. Oh, well, that would be perfect. Be an interesting way of getting high. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Very droll. Well, one of the things that's come up in the forum this week is a woman um, has written to us because she can't park her car in a parking area because members of the Strata Committee would rather park their cars on common property than put them in their garages. And so she has great difficulty getting around the cars. And when she said, well, look, you're parked illegally on common property, um, they've said, well, we're the committee and we're not going to issue notices to comply against ourselves. That doesn't sound very fair. It's very unfair. Mm, So what's she going to do? Well, I don't know what she's going to do. What I've recommended she does is take her committee to ANCAT under a section 232.2 requiring them to fulfil their duties and send themselves uh, notices to comply. And that should work. Well, it might scare them into doing something. But then there was another case that come up, and it's it's on the website, um, which is flat-chat.com.au for anyone who wants to chase this up, where a person in a similar position, the couple of people were parking their cars in kind of not where they were supposed to be because they'd concreted over the, the bit of tarmac that had the markings on it. And she had such difficulty in getting past them that she'd scratched her car. Oh, no. And NCAT not only ordered them to, ordered the committee to repaint the markings as per the original plan, but ordered them to pay her something like $4,500 for damages to her car. Oh, right. Yeah. So that would teach them a lesson. Mm, Sure would. I remember as a young journalist doing a story at court. It was a big court story. and rushing out to my car to drive back to the office to file the story. And I'd been completely blocked in by two other cars. And the editor had lent me his car, so I was driving his car. And there were no mobile phones or anything in those days. There was no pay phone nearby, so I couldn't phone anyone. So I just got into his car and used it as a battering ram <laughs> against wow. the two other cars to get out because... I had to file this story. It was a big national story. I left notes on the other two cars um, with my phone number, um, but um, I raced back to the office, filed my story, and then sheepishly went into the editor's office and told him what I'd done. You've and just he trashed said, your car. Yes, that's right. And he said, well done, good decision. Wow. So, you know, Those were the days. <laughs> so if she's thinking of trashing her EC's cars, oh, yeah. Eva's cars, um, maybe she'll, she'll be on good grounds. You know, I was thinking about the bees as we were before. And I was thinking about what do you do if you're in your gym? Like in our gym in our building, there's a sign up saying you must have training shoes on, a shorts, T-shirt, a towel. towel. Right. When I was in the gym the other day, there was this young person came in not wearing proper gym gear and not wearing shoes at all and proceeded to run on the treadmill. That's dangerous. That's dangerous for her. But then I thought... What would have happened if she'd injured herself and then tried to sue the building for negligence and said, well, a member of the owner's corporation, which we all are as owners, Mm. a member of the owner's corporation was in the gym at the same time and they didn't say anything to me. Yeah, but the notices were in conspicuous places, weren't they? Warning that you have to have the right footwear. Yeah, but 
you know, I mean, if I didn't say anything, I know what would have happened if I had said something. I would have got a mouthful of abuse. But mm. it, mm. it makes you wonder where your responsibility in these things begins and ends. I think sure. most people tend to not want to get involved. Mm. You know, it's like the other day we were sitting in a cafe, outside a cafe, and somebody started to roll a cigarette, rolled two cigarettes, handed one to his girlfriend, and I said, you know you're not allowed to smoke here, and he got quite abusive. Oh, really? Yeah, not that he intended to smoke, he was just rolling it for later when they were walking down the street, <laughs> but he felt, I wasn't doing it in a kind of hate. Buddy, you know, that's against the law thing. It was more of, oh, you'd be careful, you might get yourself into trouble here. Mm. But, uh, yeah. No, it's hard to tell, isn't it, really? Yeah. Those reactions. Probably easier just to ignore them. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, no, I'm joking. No, no. I'm joking. Mm. All you have to do is take it with a pinch of salt. You know, when they abuse you, just smile and nod. And That's right. And evil flourishes when good men and women do nothing. Correct. And on that note, <laughs> thanks again for coming in. And uh, it's That's always good to talk to you. Perfectly all right. And hopefully we have sorted out a few people's problems or made them think that they had problems where they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Thanks very much. Well, that's the Flat Chat Podcast for another week. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe. It's completely free and it will come straight to your phone or your pad or your computer without you even having to think about it. If there's something that we haven't done in the podcast that you'd like to hear, let us know. Come to the website flat-chat.com.au and that's also where you can come for specific advice to ask questions or answer other people's questions. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon.